Hey guys, it's Gabby here. Welcome to this week's episode of The Year of Ours. This week we're joined by Sydney Williams. Sid and I went to high school together, so that's how I met her and we'll go into depth in the episode, but she is seriously one of the sweetest people I have ever met. She's so driven and is just good company, the type of company that you want to keep around. And I'm so grateful. Her and I were never super close. We never ran in the same crowd or anything, but we knew of each other. And I know down the line, she will always support me and I will always support her. So she's a great person. And I'm so thankful that she let me interview her. She went to Cape Town a little after we graduated and was living this phenomenal life in a different country, basically running towards her goals. And then COVID happened. So she had to readjust her plan and make it her current plan. So she dives into that in the episode. I think it's great having her perspective because so many of us have had to change our plan A. And this week on Instagram, when I posted her quote, a lot of people were like, God, yeah, it really does suck when your plan B becomes your plan A. And like I said, said in her quote, just because you have a plan B, it doesn't mean that you don't believe in your plan A. It was so beautifully spoken when she was talking about having a plan B. A lot of us don't prepare for the worst. If COVID and 2020 taught us anything for 2021, it's to be prepared for the worst. Not because you're being pessimistic, but because it's just the way life is. Her perspective is so genuine and so real and raw. While that's one of the major things we talk about, we also talk about things that seem to be quite controversial and what it's like growing up in a predominantly white high school in Sandy, Utah. I mean, Utah is predominantly white, but specifically we were raised in an affluent area. So we didn't see a lot of people of color where we went to high school. Her and I talk about what that's like, what the experience was like, and it's not to offend anyone or to put anyone in an uncomfortable situation, but to shed light on what it's like a lot of people don't understand that experience. So I hope this is an episode that brings light to situations or circumstances that we don't often talk about because it's uncomfortable or because we don't want to create bad blood. Going into the podcast, I've said it once and I'll say it again, I wanted to shed light on situations and topics that were a little unconventional that are a little controversial not because I want to stir the pot but because it's important to understand controversial topics without immediately being the aggressor. It's important to understand controversial topics and topics that might make you feel uncomfortable because it makes us better humans and we'll talk about it and I 
emphasize the importance of being kind and being understanding. So I encourage each and every one of you to go into this episode with an open heart and an open mind and open ears, of course. This week, if you follow the Instagram, you saw I kind of did a little poll of what I want going forward and how I want to look at what I've done this far and readjust. So now more than ever, your subscriptions, your comments, your follows, your shares, your feedback is more crucial than ever. I think I want to start incorporating questions of the week. So feedback on that. Yes, no. It it looks like a lot of people did want to do questions of the week. So if you didn't get a chance to hop on the Instagram and vote, reach out to me, DM me, leave a comment, anything you can. Just because we're at a good place right now, I'm feeling confident in how much progress I've made in the podcast this far, but I want to continue improving every week. And of course, our presenting sponsor today is Bright and Smile, B-R-Y-T-N Smile. I personally use the charcoal powder and I love it. My teeth are literally pearly white, so anything from just bleach gel to charcoal powder, anything you can think of, they have it. They also have a 30-day guarantee, meaning if you don't love it after 30 days, you can return it hassle-free. This company is cruelty-free, vegan, and seriously just aligns with all of my goals. And going into this, I've said it once and I will say it again. When getting a sponsor, I wanted something that aligned with my goals. Okay, and now if you can rate, subscribe, and follow us, Instagram is at the year of ours podcast, and of course, on every platform, the year of ours. Without further ado, welcome to the year of ours. Sydney Williams said, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us what you're here to do, what you're all about. Okay, so I'm Sydney, or Sid. Um, I went to high school with Gabby. We didn't really, we like knew about each other, but we didn't really, we weren't like close. I feel that we, kind of backtrack, we graduated from Alta High School, which is a pretty big high school here Mm -hmm. in sandy draper area if you're not familiar with utah and we knew about each other and we would say hi and bye Mm -hmm. but we never like hung out i know but we were still like i I would say that we still supported each other Mm -hmm. and want the best for each other so i think that's where our friendship i felt was Mm -hmm. a very genuine one yes i would i would yeah i would have to agree with that and I remember before senior dinner dance, we were both getting our nails done. And you were like, are you going to senior dinner dance? I was like, yes. And then 
we saw each other. It was a fun time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's crazy to me because it feels like just yesterday, but we're coming up on our two-year graduated <laughs> anniversary. Yeah. And, and you and I, the best way to describe it, I know everyone says, well, I was different in high school. I <laughs> was quirky. I was... <laughs> I was not like other girls, you know? <laughs> you can't see Sydney right now, but she just put her hair <laughs> We just... First off, we were the only brown kids in our school. You know, I literally just realized that the other day. Like, <laughs> I was literally thinking about that. I was like, oh, I wonder how many, like, you know, people of color graduated from, like, in our class. It was, like, six. It literally, like, you could count them. Yeah. But again, Utah's not very, and I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. Utah's not very diverse. No. Which sucks. People romanticize. Yes. People of color. Mm-hmm. I remember I never went, I never had a boyfriend. And again, this is not a pity story. G- good for us. We did not. Good for us. Good for us. As we should. <laughs> All throughout high school, when I did like a boy, they would always say, well, I like you. You're so exotic. Like I was some prize. What? Are you serious? Dead serious. I never heard that one in my, I've never heard that one. Really? No. No, people. And I think that that's just where we grew up. Mm -hmm. If you have darker complexion, if you are not blonde with blue eyes, you're in a way sexualized. And that's not to say it's just in Utah. I think Mm -hmm. that that's a very common mm-hmm. misconception yeah not misconception but common trend mm-hmm. I think it it's made us who we are today mm-hmm. growing up in that environment and understanding and it's not to throw a pity party or anything but it's to I guess enlighten others as to what it is to be open to diversity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm so you got to experience the diversity that all of us wish to experience. You went to Africa right after we graduated. Yes, Tell I us did. about that. I, yeah, like Abby said, I went to Africa. I went to Cape Town um, in January. So I guess it was more of like, like maso menos after we graduated. <laughs> like kind of, but it was like six months or like eight months. Like after <laughs> Way too long. A little bit too long. Um, but it was literally something that I, I feel like I needed to do. I needed to get out of Utah. I needed to kind of experience things for myself. Cause I always, you know, in high school I was sports. I did basketball track. I was always working, you know, I never really had time to like experience things. Cause I like being a person of color, you know, I never had a boyfriend, never, I like never went out. I just kind of went to school, did my sports, went home. Like nobody would see me outside of school (laughs) like literally and also and this is something I think I can speak for all brown people your parents didn't let you yeah it's also like where are you going I'm like I'm like it's eight she's like be back by 10 I'm like all right be back by 8 30 thanks mom I'm I'm gonna give him quick I'm like okay I'm not going then like there's just no point but I think I needed to experience that because I never there's no people of color here there's nobody of a different culture nobody of anything like that so I was like, okay, this will be a good experience for me just in general. Like, even if I don't get a book a job, even if I don't, you know, do anything cool, at least I'll, you know, have had this experience of, like, going out there and 
meeting new people and you know whatnot and I'm super shy like I'm so shy and people are always like no you're not but I'm like no like if you don't know me like I'm so shy I can't even freaking go to the gas station by myself <laughs> like I can't talk to the cash register person I just can't I'm so shy and so I remember we fl I flew there with my aunt she came with me um, and it was a two-day, like, flight. We flew to, from here to New York, the New York to Qatar. And then we flew to Cape Town. And we went to the model house, and I was overwhelmed. As soon as I, we walked in the model house, I was like, there is no way that I'm going to be, like, staying in house with all these girls and, like, you know, living here for the next three months. Mm -hmm. So I got there they were super nice like my roommates were so nice but I was so nervous and I was 19 like a baby they're all 24 25 the oldest one we had in the house was 30 so I was like a child <laughs> like a straight child <laughs> the fetus what was that like I gen generally speaking women tend to rip each other's heads off mm -hmm especially in the modeling industry like yeah. that is brutal mm -hmm. what was it like um I really thought it was gonna be like America's Next Top Model like where everyone's just a bitch you know like and people are just <laughs> you're ripping you today. yeah they're like you look fat today leave I'm like I thought it was gonna be like that and there was three rooms so mm -hmm. there was two girls in each room um but I got there and my roommate wasn't coming anymore so I was like, yes, like I'm gonna have a room to myself. I was gonna push the beds together. Like I was like, this is gonna be great. And I, my roommates were super nice. I couldn't understand them. They had, they both had accents. Where and, were they from? Um, Charisse, she was from the Netherlands. And then I had Rachel and she was from London. And so their accents were like very strong and they would be saying stuff to me and I'd be like, Honey, I just can't. I don't Repeat know. Repeat that for me, please. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. But they were like nothing like that at all. They were everyone was so nice and so like helpful and and caring, which was something that I would never expected, especially in like the industry and just being out there because you know everyone's everyone's trying to get a job. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what. Like you're going to these castings and you're going up against your roommates. You're going up against you know your friends, people you've met. And so I really expected people to be like so mean, but. It's just a competitive market. I mm -hmm. think that modeling and I, I have so much respect for models because people are literally pulling apart everything that's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. It sucks. So I'm glad that you could have this experience where you did depend on these women, but they were all very considerate, very kind. Mm -hmm. People forget kindness is key. It's so it important is. to be kind. Yeah. Run us through what a typical day would have looked like for you. A typical day for me in Africa was, as sad as it sounds, was so chill. I maybe had, um, I would usually wake up bright and early, mm -hmm. make myself some breakfast, and then if I had a casting that day, they were usually in the morning, so I'd get ready, go to the casting, and it was all in person. And now it's, you know, just online because of COVID. But you would wake up, you know, get dressed. They give you kind of, like, this is what you're wearing. This is, like, what you're auditioning for. And, like, make sure you're on time. 
you get your little call number and then you just wait with everybody else in the little waiting room and go in do your stuff come out and usually like if I only had one I would just go back home and go to the beach and then I would come home and go to the clubs and just hang out with my roommates like that was literally a typical day or week you say that's so chill but it's it's a movie like, you lived a movie. That's what you were it, doing. It really felt like... It felt like I was in a movie. It did. It was it, absolutely insane. Especially, like, because I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, am I here right now? Well, 19 years old. You're mm-hmm. in a different country. And I'm sure that there's so many different cultures mm-hmm. and customs that you're not used to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But yet you're living this dream. That is ridiculous. What was it like leaving your family? It was as hard, as bad as this is going to sound. It was so easy to leave. Like, it was so easy to leave. I just, like, we'd been planning about this, you know, since about October. So, like, everybody knew it was kind of, like, coming up. And it was so easy to leave. Like, we just, (laughs) I just went to the airport and I was like, I'll see you. See you when I see you. So, would you say that you're not? A homebody? No, I, I love my mom. I love my sisters. I love my family. But like, for for me, like I needed that. I needed to be away from them for you know a month at a time, and that was kind of literally the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I was gonna do it, that was literally the perfect well, way. You and I were talking earlier. What could they do, or what could they say? You were two days away. Exactly. Yeah. What What was she gonna say to me? Like she would say something to me. Let's say Friday, I wouldn't even read it until su- Saturday night. Like, so it's like, we, it was like missing each other every single time because mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the days were different. Right. So it's, and it was hard to like call and FaceTime because the days were so different. But I did text her when I could and when she would answer. <laughs> but the time zones are different and just stuff that I was doing, you know, didn't always line up with what she was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, it was easy. It was great. <laughs> Would you say that you learned a lot about yourself in Africa? Oh, I I think so. Because I feel like before I went, I, I was, I'm still shy, but I was really shy. And I feel like I didn't really know anything about myself or like, like how to express myself or just like being so like, um, what's the word? Like shell like I was a shell I was literally in a shell I Mm -hmm. feel like being here like not very comfortable in like who I was and just being insecure about everything like honestly being in Utah is just very you know for people of color it's hard Mm -hmm. and so for me I was always insecure just about my skin you know the way that I looked my hair everything and so I never had ever felt comfortable in that and then going out there it was like completely different everyone was so accepting and, like, nice and loving. And I feel like I really learned to love myself and appreciate myself and appreciate, like, what I have. And so I think that really changed me. Well, and it's interesting hearing you say that because you're a model. Mm-hmm. Like, you are a model. That's the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. And yet you're here to say, I didn't have mm-hmm. the confidence. So what are some pointers to those who don't have the confidence, who are insecure, because there's a lot of people that are. Mm-hmm. And it's it's totally fine, but we aren't taught to love ourselves mm-hmm. as much as we should. Yeah. I 
when I was, I mean, I'm still insecure. I mean, there's, you know, insecurities are, I think, always going to be with us. But one thing I really just kind of stuck with was just, you know, appreciate like what you have because I, I never appreciated my skin. I never appreciated any of my features, my hair. I never did. And I just one day was like, okay, like I, you know, I like the way that I look. My skin is beautiful no matter what anybody says, even if no one likes me. Like, I just have to be confident in myself. And I was also, like, super um, nervous about what I wear. I always thought that people would, you know, judge me, like, look at me and be like, oh, my God, like, what is she wearing, you know? So I was always super, you know, shy, insecure, all stuff like that. But I just really, like, have taught myself, like, I can wear what I want and I can literally do whatever I want. And it only matters to me. And the only person that cares about it is me it's and I have even noticed this even though you and I have not created that relationship where we're best friends Mm -hmm. and we talk every day Mm -hmm. but I've seen you come out of your shell you've worn your hair Mm -hmm. natural and it's so beautiful but I can see that change and it's visible change Mm -hmm. but you it doesn't take a magician to know when someone has gained the confidence that they've been lacking for so long. Yeah. So I thank you for being vulnerable. Thank Thanks. you for sharing with that with us because you're right. There's always going to be insecurities. Mm-hmm. I have insecurities. The next door neighbor has insecurities. Everyone has insecurities, but it's led. I think it's letting those insecurities be acknowledged mm-hmm. And not letting them get to you. Exactly. But you were forced to kind of figure that out on your own. And a lot of people either have a partner in life that lets them, kind of coaches them through it. So what was that like experiencing a different world and experiencing yourself growing in that new world? Because I'm sure nothing is the same as it was Mm -hmm. in Africa as it is in Sandy, Utah. Yeah, so... I mean, I had I have so many funny stories just about walking the streets of Africa because people are just so like bold and <laughs> so they they just say whatever they want, like so blunt. There, the first day that I got there, we went to um, Clifton Four. It's a beach. It's a very touristy beach, you know. So mm-hmm. that's where we went. And there's this little like tidal pool, so the water comes over it, and it's just like ocean water, but it's a pool. So we were doing that and we were walking to dinner and we were just walking around the street and this guy comes up and he's maybe your height to me, Gabby. For, okay, (laughs) for those of you who don't know, Sid, how tall are you? I'm five, nine and a half. And I am four, ten. So there is a foot difference between Sid and I. (laughs) It's great, you know, it's hilarious. But yeah, he comes up and like missing all his teeth. And he's like, will you have sex with me for 600 rand? That's like $10 in like American money. And I literally just walked away. But people are just so bold and blunt. And like, (laughs) I'm just like, who would ever, like, that would never, ever happen in a million years in America. No. No, there's just no way. That is, I, (laughs) that leaves me without words. Because I'm sure it makes you feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's so, like, and they just follow you around. 
I like they, it's just crazy it's complete it's like something I've never like when I'm shooting here you know people look but they don't follow you from you know site to site mm-hmm. they'll be like oh like that's cool like that's going on but they don't sit there and like watch you you know and they don't follow you like when you move a location they don't come and follow you because mm-hmm. we're usually like in Africa we just walk from we'll pick a street or whatever we're doing and we'll walk you know mm-hmm. so we don't we're not getting in a car we're not driving anywhere we're mm-hmm. just walking and so there was this one time I was shooting and this guy was you know walking down the street and all of a sudden he sees us like shooting in this like little area he stops and he's like walk like watching and so we had to get the security security had to come over like take him away and they're like you can't watch and he's like was getting mad like couldn't understand why he couldn't watch but I'm like it makes everybody like the whole team uncomfortable when somebody you know who is like whistling you know being nasty and all that stuff but other than that I feel like you know the streets were great like (laughs) I mean as great as it can be for Mm -hmm. a woman Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's that's ridiculous and unfortunately we don't it's not too far from the the habits or the actions that we see here in the United mm-hmm. States. Yes, they're bold, and at least they'll come ask you, <laughs> but being a woman in America, or just being a woman, period, mm-hmm. it comes with a lot of baggage. You have it to does. constantly be watching over your shoulder, and y- you do get these uncomfortable encounters with anyone Mm -hmm. really yeah I I don't want to say men but it it, generally speaking does tend to be men Mm -hmm. so I'm sure that it was uncomfortable for you and I'm comfortable for you to do your job yeah because that was literally your Your job job. yeah it's not like I'm like at a club you know (laughs) like where you know it's different but I uh I have so many stories it's hilarious just about men like mm-hmm. who are so like out of pocket as rude as that is but just out of pocket for things that they do mm-hmm. and think that they can get away with like and I'm just like it's unbelievable mm-hmm. because there's just no way in my right mind would I ever do that to anybody right you know but you know it happens some it people have that mentality now you and I have talked about this beforehand but you shot a commercial for McDonald's I did talk about that talk about how that even happened, and I think it's it's important for people to hear the story mm-hmm. of how you even got to Africa. How okay. the hell does a 19-year-old from Salt Lake City, Utah, get this amazing opportunity? And, of course, it makes sense because it's you and oh, you're so amazing, you. but how can others do it? So... I, we didn't, I didn't bring this up, but I went to, like, I did school, like, modeling school, like, I think my sophomore year, and that was, I wouldn't, like, really recommend it to anyone, because it's, like, pretty expensive, like, you, it, you pay, like, $2,000 for classes, and you go every Saturday for three or so months, you know, so it's, it's pricey, and if you can't afford it, don't, like, I don't think it changes in any way shape or form if you want to go down like this road it doesn't do anything for you I mean it's great to know this stuff you can literally look it up online and you're learning the same thing that I learned in school um but from that school I got an audition so I went to this audition and it was uh for like a cruise like a recruitment cruise and you know if you get in you go on this cruise and I and I got in 
went on the cruise and we went to Mexico. That was like where the cruise was. And basically while we're on the cruise, you're competing. So you had to pick four or five events that you wanted to do. So I did swimwear, jeans, regular runway, and TV commercial. So I did four events and you had to like bring outfits and, you know, plan everything. You had a number. You had to come for like the TV commercial. I had to like memorize a script and like perform it and everything. An actor. An, An actor. actor. <laughs> An actor I am. It's crazy. And then at the end of the cruise, you know, you just, you know, hopefully you signed with an agency and, you know, kind of see where it takes you from there. And so they have like an award ceremony at the end. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to win anything. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to win anything, but like, this will be cool. Like, you know, to see who wins. And I'm sitting there and my mom didn't come to the ceremony. She was like having drinks with her friends. And so <laughs> she's like, you're not going. She's like, you're not, you're not going to win anything. I'm just, you could just, just go. So I was like, okay. So I'm just sitting there. They call my name. Oh my God. And they're like, I won the jeans competition, took first. I second in swimwear. And I was honorable mention in TV commercial, which is absolutely crazy because I cannot act at all. But here you are. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then I won my trip to South Africa. So 3D Models is who I'm signed with in Africa. They gave me this all-expenses-paid trip to go to Africa for three or four months. And that's what I ended up doing. And it was probably the best thing I ever did because, you know, that's crazy. Well, and this is only one experience with mm -hmm. many. Yes. COVID obviously got in the way of your mm -hmm. vacation, non-vacation. basically. <laughs> vacation. But that's what you were doing for work. Like, you mm -hmm. were literally, I remember looking at your stories and you're like, Cape Town today, <laughs> the world tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, this bitch. She's experiencing the world. What the hell? But you did it in such a way. You pursued what you wanted to mm -hmm. do. And that's why I brought you on. That's why I wanted you to share your knowledge with others. You're so down to earth, yet you have all of these experiences that set you apart from the average Joe. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you get out to Cape Town. You're living this princess life. Literally. I cannot believe I was living like that. What was the motivation you had each day? What did you experience? What did you expect to get out of that trip? I just really, when I got there, I, I didn't think I was going to get any jobs. Like, I honestly didn't think I was going to get any jobs. But since it was, like, you know, already paid for, I was like, I'll just go out here and I'll work super hard and, you know, put my all into everything because this is, like, what I want to do. And I'm here and it's paid for, so I might as well work my ass off. Mm -hmm. and go for something mm -hmm. and basically I don't you don't get to pick which castings you go to so they just like oh like this person wants to see you for this casting so you mm -hmm. just go and my first casting I ever did was like for a commercial it wasn't McDonald's it was like this other one and they I had to go in I had to sing like my heart out I don't I can't sing <laughs> and I remember I was shaking the camera is like okay he's like okay like we're gonna you're just gonna sing and I'm I'm like, okay, what song? He's like, can you sing like a Whitney Houston song? <laughs> I said, can I sing a Whitney Houston song for you, sir? I was like, how about 
twinkle. Yeah, I'm like, how about, like, happy birthday? Something, like, simple <laughs> that I can at least, you know, I can at least be on key. And he's like, well, the whole reason, like, the whole point is, like, we'd want you to sing bad. Like, we don't want you to sing good. So this is, the like, the perfect song. So I remember I was so nervous just saying it horrible, horrible. Do you want to sing for us today? Oh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I can never do that. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But, I mean, everyone there was doing it, you know. But, oh, gosh, that was, like, one of the worst castings I ever had to go to. I was like, never again. Like, never again. I was like, don't send me there ever again. <laughs> please don't make me sing with you. I'm like, please, no. That is hilarious. So there's, yeah, yeah, there's really, like, interesting castings like that one. But you can't turn it down Mm-mm. because it's an all-expensive, all-expenses-paid trip. Yeah, so I have to go to every casting that they gave me. And how did they know... To send you like is there a portfolio so, yes yeah, so there's a portfolio and basically I don't really know how it works on like the office side of stuff but I do know that like I have comp cards which is just like a little card has my face on it my name at the bottom and then you turn it over it has a bunch of pictures my like height weight shoe size you know all the measurements I guess mm-hmm. and so if I go to a casting I have to bring that and then you have a model book you got to bring that but when you get requested for a casting, it's like the office or your agent or your booker, whoever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they'll be like, they'll get an email from someone, a client. They're like, oh, we want to see Sydney. So then they'll send my information and then I have to go to that casting. So it's kind of, everything is done through my booker. Okay. My so you just, your job is literally just to show up and look pretty. Yes. Show up, go to whatever they want me to go to. Sing Whitney Houston. Sing Whitney Houston. I mean, and... What's hilarious is I, the McDonald's one, I remember they, they were like, McDonald's like requests you, whatever, like you have to go. I was like, okay, like this is exciting, cool. So I go and I remember my audition being horrible. It was bad. It was bad. Cause I, cause I'd never been to a casting where every, there's like multiple people in the room. Like obviously like there's the, the director or whatever watching and then the videographer, you know, but there's never been other like girls in the room Mm -hmm. but this one they were just piling everybody in and you had to do it in front of everybody so you were essentially competing Mm -hmm. and like watching everyone watching your competition oh my god so i'm like god i'm i was like i'm not gonna get this anyways like (laughs) i'm like i'm not gonna get this like this is horrible there's no way i had to like for the audition i had to like walk in walk into this like the shot i had like a newspaper i had to sit down pretend to read the newspaper put my headphones on, and then I had to close my newspaper, look out the window, and then get up and walk off the train. So I did it the first time, and I thought I thought I did, you know, okay, considering that I don't act, you know? Right. And he was like, can you do it one more time? I just think we can do it a little bit better. <gasps> and I remember being like, God. I was like, I, that was my good time. I was that like, was that my- was the good one. Like, I don't think we can get any better. So I do it again, and I leave that casting, and I'm like, oh, God. Nope. They're <laughs> like, not calling me back. I was back. like, they will not call me back. Then maybe like two or three weeks later, my agent texts me. She's like, you're the number one pick right now. Like, we'll let you know by the end of the week if you get it. And I was like, number one? He literally made yeah. me redo it. I was like, I thought it was horrible. And then, yeah, I booked it. Didn't even have to go back. I didn't go back for a callback. They just were like, yep. So I showed up and like, it was like a month later we shot it. And it was literally so cool. It was so cool being on set because I'd never been on set for, like, a commercial or anything like that. So it was, like, crazy. So right now, tell the listeners where we can find 
that commercial. I know it's going to be a little hard. You have to dig in the depths, <laughs> but where can they find it? So it was bought out for France. So it'll be in France. If you know, if you're in France, you can watch it. But if not, it's on my Instagram <laughs> and you can watch it. It's pretty cool. It's literally all in French. We don't know what they're saying. They the could literally be like insulting <laughs> you in French. We would never know. We would never know. Um, but it was really cool. And it's it's crazy to think that we shot for two days straight. And shooting for two days and then you get the commercial and it's like one minute, if that. Which is crazy. Like you shoot for two days. Then you wait like a, almost a whole year mm-hmm. for it to come out. And it's like crazy. It's like surreal to like even see yourself... Like, I was like, is that even me? Like, I just feel like that doesn't like, look like I me. I know that person. Yeah. <laughs> I know her. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know. Is that me? Like, I don't, like, when I watched the commercial, I was like, that does not even look like me right. at all. But, but it's it you. It's so weird. It's, that is, well, and I'm sure it's plastered for millions of people to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that gives you, uh, again, that's not me. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. I experience not to the level you do for sure, but when people repost the podcast mm-hmm. to their stories, I'm like, that's my podcast. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. So it, I get what you're saying. It's, it's like a super surreal, like, just like, it's like out of body almost. You're just like, what? Exactly. Yeah. Like you're experiencing your own life in third person. Literally. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So COVID caught your, er, COVID cut your trip short. Mm-hmm. What did you do once you got back from Cape Town? So I just got home and unfortunately I got really sick for about a month. But I didn't have COVID. So I, I was just really sick. I lost a lot of weight. I was, I think, walking 110, which is very unhealthy. Um, but I don't know. I got better after a month and I was chilling. I mean... It was, I mean, it was your body telling you, mm-hmm. you need to go back. It was like, sorry, you're not doing well here. <laughs> you need to go back. No, that's not something to joke about, but. No, it's literally true. I was like, dang, I just should have, I should have just stayed there. I shouldn't even got my flight home. Like, I should have just stayed. Everything's better there. It's warm. Mm-hmm. I came back, it was freezing, you know, not, it's not my cup of tea. But when I got home, I didn't really do anything for the first two months because mm-hmm. everybody was inside. I couldn't go anywhere. But then I was like. To give the listeners a relative time of when this all happened, you came back in March? Mm-hmm, middle of March. And then we went into lockdown mm-hmm. not too long. So it's not mm-hmm. that you were sitting around <laughs> scratching your belly. You literally just couldn't do anything. Yeah, I just couldn't do anything. And then I, I was like, okay, since I didn't, like, you know, do college, like, right after high school, I was like, I need to figure out something to do. Because my mom was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm going to be a model mom. (laughs) I I got on the McDonald's commercial. What more do you want? I know. I was like, what do you want from me? Like, this is cool. This is great. She was like, no, you need to do something. I'm like, okay, you know, you're right. So I kind of was like, you know what I'll do? I'll coach. Mm -hmm. So I started coaching with my mom. Now, am I the greatest coach in the world? (laughs) No. No, I love the kids. I do. But my patience runs so thin with them. I try to be, you know, nice, but I feel like it's because I played. Those you know? little boogers didn't yes, listen to me. I'm like, I get frustrated, but I feel like I've I've gotten better. But I was like, okay, I can't do this, like, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, I love my teeth. And so I was like, 
what if I did something like in dentistry? I mm-hmm. feel like that would be something that I'd be good at. So I literally just decided one day that I was going to go to dental assisting school and do be a dental assistant. I did that. I started in September, finished in November. And then I'm just a full-time dental assistant now. And I love it. And it's like probably the best thing I've ever done. Because it was so quick. Like if I feel like I had to do it for any longer, I would have been like, nope. Like, no way. No way. Now, let's talk about your mentality how important is it to have a plan b i feel like it's so important because i a lot of people that i meet that i met out there like this is the only thing they do like modeling is the only thing that they do and it's kind of an unrealistic thing for me because you can't model forever like you're you're not gonna look young forever you're not gonna have you know this body forever which is you know sad (laughs) to say but you're not gonna like look the same as you do when you're in your 20s as you do when you're in your 30s you know and so and also it's hard it's really hard to get to like the level that some of these women and men you know are at as models where they can book you know as many jobs as they want and get paid you know Mm -hmm. like Winnie Harlow she's so beautiful and she's like a model that's all she does but to get at her level like her Kendall Jenner Bella Hadid is... You have to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, you have to start somewhere. And just having, like, another income of money, because it takes so long to get paid as a model. It takes so long. Because you do your job, and then they're like, okay, they get 30 days to pay your agent. Then they're like, okay, it could be 90 days until you get paid. So if you're just doing, you know, modeling... You're not seeing the money that you're doing modeling until... 90 days and that's even that's even it yeah if that if that like it could be longer why is that why don't you see the money in your bank account until 90 days after I actually am not sure but I know that it has to go through through the agency through and then they take out you know their cut like the 10% 15% whatever and then it just take I don't know why it takes so long but it really takes like forever for you to get it and so I guess to go on to the next topic you still wish to pursue modeling Mm -hmm. you're just taking a break given circumstances with covid yeah so i i I mean i still work when i can but being a full-time assistant is like more i'm 6 a.m to 4 every Mm -hmm. day so a lot of jobs that my agent wants me to go to here he's like oh can you do half a day i'm like no like i have a job i can't you know so realistically they would like me to go uh, part-time so that I could do jobs but I want to work full-time I like I like to see money I like money mm-hmm. and I don't want to wait 90 days you know to get paid and I don't know I love my job and modeling is something that I like to do for fun like I love doing it and I would love to you know be really really good at it and like mm-hmm. you know excel but I think it's so important to have a backup to have something that you enjoy something else that you enjoy doing and can do you know for a long time and I think Based on what you've told me, you experienced some type of burnout once you came back. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for, it was, so you flew out January mm-hmm. and then you come back March and you're doing that every day. Mm-hmm. You're modeling every day for 10 hours a day and I'm sure that you have to keep some type of regimen to make sure that your body looks good, mm-hmm. that you feel good. At 19 years old, that's burnout. That is, yeah. That's, uh experiencing the industry literally by fire like you've been baptized by fire 
So it's good to take a break from those dreams mm-hmm. because it's not like you're walking away from them. Right. From them. Mm-hmm. You are just taking a break for mm-hmm. now. And given COVID, how you've explained the process, it's more difficult mm-hmm. to see success during COVID. Yeah, a lot of my roommates, I still call them my roommates, even though we're not roommates anymore, but a lot of my roommates... Once a roommate, always a roommate. Right? So a lot of my roommates, I mean, they live in London and, what is it, Netherlands. They haven't worked since, like, lot, like March, since, mm-hmm. like, we, they, like, because they're on strict lockdowns. They have a curfew. They have all these things, and that's, like, not allowing them to work. I mean, I think uh, my friend Rachel, she just got her first job since then mm-hmm. and so it's been really hard for them for me for like Utah it hasn't been too bad just because I don't, don't feel like I mean we're not as serious about the pandemic you know as they are so we don't really have any of those restrictions and you know when you go on set now everybody's wearing a mask and everyone's you know social distancing and so it's really not that bad but it's definitely changed things I know when I got back there was nothing going on at all there was like nothing but now I think it's getting better we're kind of getting back into the flow and there's a lot more castings and jobs and stuff going on which is nice so I know it's hard for my roommates and stuff because it's just completely different like and everyone experiences it at different rates Mm -hmm. now you're building your personal brand how are you doing that on Instagram how do you promote yourself on these social medias because I know that with these agencies now a big portfolio is your social media Mm -hmm. so how are you building that I do okay I do a lot of test shoots so I all of my shoots that I've done recently have kind of been like test shoots like if you go to my Instagram there's like the pink dress one that was a test shoot the butterfly one that was a test shoot so it's just a I or collabs I guess people call them collabs now but just doing a lot of collabs like helps you build your portfolio right because you're not having to pay for you know someone to come and shoot you're not having to pay for makeup everybody's kind of collabing together Mm -hmm. and then you get these photos and they can post them you can post them but also builds like your portfolio and shows like what you can do like showcases what you can do so like swimwear oh my gosh I love I love shooting swimwear that's like my favorite thing to do why I don't know, I just love it. I love swimsuits. You love I it. Just, they're literally my favorite. Um, and dresses are really fun. Dresses you are. just did the pink the pink fluffy dress mm-hmm. that makes you look like a cupcake. It yes. was so beautiful. <laughs> it was so pretty. Now, these collabs, how, let's say someone mm-hmm. that's listening wants to go down the modeling industry path. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you reach out for those collabs? Or does your agent reach out? Or does the company reach mm-hmm. out? So, um, usually when I do collabs, I usually don't reach out. Usually, you know, photographers and makeup artists will reach out to me and be like, hey, I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But I think if you're starting out, you're definitely going to like are going to want to reach out to somebody. And even before that, I would just find someone who can do headshots for you. Polaroids or what we call them, where it's just literally pictures of you um, to kind of just get your portfolio started. Because that's what most agencies are going to want to see from you in the very beginning is like, let's see your headshot. Let's see, you know, your Polaroids and Polaroids are just, you know, your face, your side profile, your other side, your back. It's very just like 
rigid, like you know, just like, like a, a robot. Like a mugshot. <laughs> yeah, it's literally a mugshot. Okay, turn, turn the other way, turn around. They're like, okay, you have to do the hands. You have to do the hands too. Mm-hmm. You put your hands in front of your face. You do this, and you show your palms. It's very like shut up. Yeah. So so yeah. That is crazy. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yeah. Oh my god. See, look, you learn more every day. Yeah. So how do you approach, let's say I'm trying to reach out, how mm-hmm. do you approach in a way that doesn't seem cliche? Hmm. I would honestly, I feel like I'm so, so straightforward. I feel like the more straightforward you are, the better. Because I feel like when someone reaches out to me and they're like, hi, like, I'm so-and-so and I really, like, I'm just starting out and I'm like, I'm like, no, just get to the point. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was like, hi, I'm Sydney, like, I'm looking to get some Polaroids done for my portfolio. Like, would you be willing to collab? More people are likely to answer to that. Like, what people over-explain themselves, you know, just get straight to the point, you know, because that person probably has a lot of, you know, DMs and stuff, people asking. Would you say that DMing that person is the best form to reach out to them, or would you say email? Ooh, I would say... I would say DMs are pretty, I feel like that's the only way I do collabs is people reach out through. And I think going back to what you were saying about getting to the point, that's that confidence you were Mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. You need to be confident in who you are. In what you're asking, yeah, and what you want. Like, if you don't, if you're kind of jumping around, you know, the bush or beating around the bush, like, no, you don't know what you want, obviously. Nor are you going to get what you want. Exactly, exactly. That makes sense. Now, are you the first model in your family, or is this was this something that you always knew you wanted to do? I am the first, and I kind of knew that this is like what I wanted to do. Ever since I was like young, my mom used to do photo shoots of me and my my brother, and they're so cute. But um, growing up, I always watched like the Victoria's Secrets like you know show and all that stuff, and I was like, oh my gosh, and like American America's Next Top Model. I always wanted to be, like, <laughs> one of those things. But then as I got older, I was like, okay, I, I just don't have that look to be a model. So I kind of just, in middle school, was like, nope, like, can't do that anymore. Like, Well, and I feel that it's important to, to preface, it's not being not confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's being realistic. Yeah. Again, going back to, it's a very brutal industry. And you can rip yourself apart trying to be something that you're not. Mm -hmm. For example, I'm never going to be Kendall Jenner. (laughs) I'm never going to be six foot one, 115 pounds with these long legs. No, I was put into a four foot ten body that is a little curvier than the rest. So it's going to eat you alive. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. You you put your foot down from a young age and you knew Mm -hmm. that it just was... irrational yeah I was like it just won't happen you know mm-hmm. and I didn't really even think that I mean my first photo shoot I ever did was for my 16th birthday I can't believe this is such an embarrassing story but anyways, <laughs> I did a shoot for my 16th birthday because at the time everyone on Instagram was getting like those professional photos you know and I was like dang it like I really should get some because I don't have any photos so I like I asked my mom and she's like yeah like let's just get someone to you know take pictures. We paid four hundred dollars for like two hours and like three outfit changes, 
and I go and you know we really didn't like look into the photographer like what kind of you know shoots he does like style wise or whatever he was just like you know bring three outfits and you know we'll go from there and I was like okay so we show up and he's more of like a high fashion photographer and I wanted to sit in front of the camera and smile (laughs) you're like no 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 don't put (laughs) you're not understanding my vision I literally just want you to take a picture of my face I'm like I'm just gonna smile the whole time like I don't want to like be straight faced at all and I remember he was getting so frustrated because he literally wanted like a straight face, like high fashion type shoe. And I was like, hands on every, hips. Literally. And he was like, can you just like do a straight face? And I was like, okay. And I just did like a straight face and it was horrible. Like it just looked like I was angry. <laughs> and he was so frustrated. He was like, he's like, you know what? You really need to like go home and you need to work on your faces because, because you just don't know like what you're doing. And so, like, in that moment, I was like, I'm never, like, this is not, this is not what I want to do. Like, because for me, rejection was so hard at the time. Like, being 16, everything was just so hard. Everything seemed so hard at the time. But I was like, I felt so bad, like, about that whole thing. I actually posted the photos. You'll have to, you'll have to scroll all the way down. I'll have to, do you mind if I repost them no. to the, we'll have to, it'll make sense, sense once this is out, but I'll have to repost them. Yeah. And then he kind of, I, like, we went back to the car, and he was like, okay, like, I'd love to shoot with her again, but she, like, needs to go home and practice. Like, she needs to look at herself in the mirror, and she needs to practice her faces, because she does the same thing in every photo, which I did, you know? Like, looking back, but you're 16, have never had experience. Exactly. So he was like, okay, like, we'll give you, we'll set up the thing, you know, just make sure she practices. So I remember I went home, and I practice my faces in the mirror which is like sounds so self like you know absorbed or whatever self-conceited but it really like helped me because from that shoot that first one to the second one that I did was like dramatic change so it was really like um helpful for me that I listened to him and that's kind of where it all started that whole little horrible mess um but yeah that's literally where it started because I never would have done it other otherwise I never I would never be here where I am without that horrible shoe (laughs) right yeah do you would you have done anything differently looking back I don't think so I feel like I kind of did everything in a like it was a good way to kind of because I hate rejection you know so hearing that was like horrible like just being like you don't have the look that you know you're what do you not... mean I don't have the look? I was right? like, what do you mean? I'm smiling. Like, that's really the whole point. <laughs> my <laughs> smile is ear to ear. What more do you want? Like, Stop being a great want. <laughs> And I think I didn't, like, understand the fashion industry at the time. I didn't really even understand that there was different types of, like, uh, photography, like, commercial photography or, like, high fashion or whatever. I had no idea. I just thought, you know, if somebody has a camera, I'm going to smile. Like, that was my... Because that's how my mom taught me. Exactly. I'm like, that was my mindset. So I didn't... So I didn't really know mm-hmm. um, until I, like, went to school, I guess. And then I went on that trip, and then I kind of, from there, was like, okay, like, I guess I could do this. And rejection is hard. It's it's literally the worst. I am signed with an agent in L.A., and I went there to do, like, my Polaroids or whatever. But I remember, because I signed with him on the cruise, and he was like, you need to lose, like, some weight because <gasps> you're not... He's like, you're not at the measurements that we want. He's like, um, your hips are a little bit too wide and your butt is a little bit too big. So you're going to have to lose like that weight. 
by the time that you come out in January. Because at the time it was November, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're going to have to lose this because you're just not at the weight that we want you to be at. And he was like, you're going to do these workouts. You're going to eat this way until you can get to that measurement that we want. Because my measurements are like pretty... Um, basic measurements they're like kind of normal measurements I'm 32 bust 25 waist but my hips are like a 36 mm-hmm. which is kind of bigger and it doesn't you know it's just kind of bigger and most people they really want you to be at a 34 or a 35 and I was at like a 36 and a half so they're like you really need to work out more <laughs> you really need to like eat healthier to get to that weight that we want you at and because I was doing basketball I was like okay like I'll just <laughs> Do, do basketball, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what I did, and I went back, and they're like, oh, you look great. I'm like, oh, you know. Was it ever hard for you to have people shaming you on your body? Because, I mean, if anyone mm-hmm. were to see you, obviously when these pictures are are out, you're healthy, mm-hmm. you're tall, you're thin, you have these long legs. Was it ever hard for you to hear this feedback on your body? It sucks. It's it's hard because, you know, I feel good. You know, I felt good. I feel like I, I felt at the time like I worked out so much because I was doing basketball. I was, you know, running every day, at cardio, whatever. We were in the weight room, you know. But it's always been so hard for me to gain weight, like, in my entire life. I've tried multiple times, especially in high school because I was playing basketball and I was too freaking skinny mm-hmm. to be playing basketball. But I, I loved it so much and I, I feel like I worked really hard to get like gain muscle gain weight but I just have never have been able to um so it always sucks like people telling me oh you need to gain weight because you're too skinny or oh you need to lose weight because we're not like at the weight that we like want you at Mm -hmm. so it's like both ends of this you know both ends like you're too skinny or oh you know you're not skinny enough and that's as as women we experience that everywhere Mm -hmm. you're too skinny you're too fat you're not, you don't have big enough boobs, mm-hmm. your butt is too flat, it's like we're torn apart, mm-hmm. but how did you overcome that, how did you, because I would say, like you're confident, mm-hmm. so how do you, how do you not let it get to your head? I, okay, I just kind of, well I started working out like a lot more, especially after I graduated high school, I used to cycle literally every day. That was, like, my pride and joy. <laughs> I love to cycle. So I, I kind of started cycling and, and working out more, and that kind of made me, like, more comfortable, like, with my my body and, like, my body type. I feel like I didn't, growing up, I never really liked my body type because I was so tall. Mm-hmm. And it always, like, I always felt fat. Like I, like, I know I'm not, but, like, because I was so tall, all of, like, middle school and high school, I didn't fit into anybody else's, you know, size because I'm so tall. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, and so that, I always felt, this is so bad, but I always felt that I was, like, fat. I'm the same way. Though. I always did. I like, And I, again, I'm, I'm no model, I'm no mm-hmm. anything, but I think, again, going back to as women, we tear apart our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, again, going back to you're 5'9", 5'11", <laughs> I'm 4'10". So when all of my friends were fitting into, like, the junior section, I never... Like, I would put on shirts, and they were too long. Yeah. So I would have to wear, like, little kid clothes. (laughs) Okay. 
I still wear little little kids' shoes. You like it? I still do. I still get it on discount. But again, you think that you and I felt like I carried all my weight. Like I was just short and mm-hmm. stubby. Yeah. So it's difficult. Like women, we just experience it together. How did you overcome that? I feel like I just became like more comfortable like in my body. I think as soon as I, as I graduated high school, that was like, I kind of, like as soon as I graduated, I feel like I kind of flipped a switch because. My whole high school, I had long hair. It was either straight or it was in braids. I never, ever did I wear my natural hair, ever. Not mm-hmm. once. Nobody in the light of day would see me in my natural hair. And then as soon as I graduated, I was like, okay, natural hair. I started working out more. And I just felt, like, more comfortable with myself. I feel like I was so, um, like, bottled up in high school. Like, I just feel like I... You're just you know. insecure when you're the only person that looks different from everyone yeah. else. I know everyone says, well, you just need to look past that, but you can't. When no, growing especially up, growing up, yeah. All the boys are asking the girls that are blonde mm-hmm. and blue-eyed to be their girlfriends, and then, like, the brown girls are just stuck. Kind just of. stuck. Well, and, like, there's a, a general stereotype. You're mm, kind of ghetto. Yeah. Which is not at all what you are, mm-hmm. but it, just growing up, that's what you it experience. Is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially um, boys who, boys who like women of color, mm-hmm. especially white boys, they always, it's very, like, fetishized, you know? Mm-hmm. I've had... Like you were talking about earlier when you said that, oh, I like you because you're so exotic. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that one. But I have heard, like, I've never been with a black girl. Like, I want to know what that's like. Like, what is that like? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean, what is that like? It's, it's like, like being with any other freaking girl. Like, uh-huh. it's literally the same. So I hear that a lot. And, you know, boys are just gross. You know? So we... we we come across that more, like, if I, if, like, you know, if you were a white girl, or if, if I was a white girl, I don't think we would ever hear, I've never been with a white girl before, like. Or you're really pretty for, for being. For being white. Like, I don't think we would ever hear that. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, exactly. And, again, going back to our bodies develop a lot differently, mm-hmm. or have developed a lot differently, and we don't look, we don't look average. Mm-mm. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's a controversial topic, mm-hmm. but more people choose to to shoot a blind eye than to internalize. This is the reality of what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And now that you're out of high school, you almost grow to be that person that you never got to be throughout mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. So... Um, is there any advice you have for anyone listening who wishes to go down the path you did? I would just say, like, believe in yourself. Because I did not believe in myself at all, you know, until I started, like, putting things into motion. But it's so important to, like, really, like, trust yourself. And, like, if this is something that you want to pursue, then, like, do it. Like, there's there's nothing that's stopping you from doing, like, what you want to do. I feel like with modeling, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm doing it. And same with dental assisting. Like, okay, I'm doing it. Like, I just kind of dove headfirst into both of those things and it worked out and you know do research like do research on stuff get get your photos get your portfolio get your polaroids and it's so I feel like it's so much easier nowadays because social media is like such a huge thing to reach out to people and be like hey do you want to do this you know collabs 
photo shoots. I feel like that's made everything so much easier. I mean, you have TikTok, Instagram, like all of these places where you can reach out to people. And, you know, if you're like into that, like creative process of like, you know, film, photography, modeling, people are so open to work with you. It's, it's what makes it really nice. What would you, would you say that social media has helped modeling for you? I think it, I feel like it has. A lot of my collabs and stuff or even jobs I have come from Instagram which is really awesome and it's really it's really helped helped me Mm -hmm. just because I'm like oh I just post all these I just post you know basically it's my portfolio my Instagram is like my Mm -hmm. portfolio so if you know my agent is looking at it or if a client is looking at it they're like oh like this is what she can do great you know they can DM me from there so it's kind of nice in that way where it's just like this is my like virtual portfolio and I don't have to you know bring it in and be like this is me you know like it's just on the internet and it, it, I feel like it makes everything better. It's, what about TikTok? Because ooh, it's it's uh, there's like the TikTok model, like mm-hmm. you wear your long bell bottom pants mm-hmm. with like a short little top and a puffer jacket yeah. and your Nikes. <laughs> I think I got that right on the yes. head. <laughs> I, I actually don't know because I, I mean I have an account but I don't post anything on it mm-hmm. but I feel like TikTok is so it's so much different and it kind of grew into something that I don't think anyone would like really have guessed because I kind of got it as a joke at first. That's how everyone got it yeah. and I've had my guests that have come on we all talk about how it's an untamed beast. It is. And it's not as saturated as Instagram is, so it's so easy yeah. to blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everyone kind of thought it was a joke at first, and then all of a sudden you're three hours scrolling into Literally. TikTok. And I'm like, geez, how long have I been here? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it really, I mean, I don't know from like uh, that kind of standpoint, but I feel like I'm, I'm always seeing so many people just blowing up for like the randomest things. Mm-hmm. But it's super cool that like, you know, because I feel like Instagram, you just kind of see, you know, the basic stuff, you know, your feed. But on TikTok, you can see so many videos and so many people. And there's also a lot of helpful videos on Helpful there. tips. Yeah. It's it's really, we've been fortunate to be raised in such an environment mm-hmm. where people are open to share. Yeah. Their thoughts, their ideas, their stories. And that that's really why I started this podcast mm-hmm. because... I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Stories have such a big impact on people's lives. So to to wrap it up, I want to thank you for coming on, for sharing your story, and for being so vulnerable. Because I know we did talk about controversial topics, Mm -hmm. but I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your side of it. Of course. Drop your Instagram handle. How can people reach you? You can reach me on Instagram. It's Sydney, and then a W, and then Williams, and then there's another S at the end. I don't know if I explained that. I'll drop it. She'll drop link. it, guys. That but, wasn't a very good explanation. <laughs> but thank you, Sid. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.